Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, welcome to My First Time, a mostly sexy sex podcast from Broadly. My name is Zing Sing. I think, like, in general, my, like, internet persona makes me seem like a bit of an ice queen. In some ways, I like that, because that's maybe not how I'm able to be in real life, because I'm just kind of, like, a dork or whatever. Today on My First Time... How does the line go? Combine your pet's name with the name of the street you grew up on, and that's the way you come up with your porn name. Which makes mine Jockey Shelford. Which is honestly not bad. Hi, my name is Bex Ashley, and this is the story of how I first did porn. The porn industry has grown rapidly in parallel with the growth of the internet. According to Quartz, researchers believe it makes anything from $6 billion to $97 billion a year. And with that boom has come a whole new expansion in the types of porn you can get. Our guest today, Vex Ashley, works in the adult industry. She stars in porn films and directs porn films, running the site of fourchamberedheart.com. It's an incredible website, more about what you can't see than what you can see. We'll come back to Four Chambers in a bit. Growing up as a child on the internet, Vex has always been fascinated by sex. And that meant there was only ever going to be one profession for her. With a pretty admirable sense of adventure and openness, Vex got into porn pretty early on. This is her story. Weirdly, like I feel like I've always been fascinated with strippers and like exotic dancers and like I remember being a kid and like I used to draw all the time and I would like draw these kind of like super kind of like curvy, like busty women when I was like in primary school. I remember my mum being like, Why are you drawing? I think I've always had like a fascination with the idea of being like of sex and sexuality and like what it means to kind of like be sexy I guess. I worked out that I could go online and I would have like very basic cyber sex with other people on do you remember this website called like have a hotel oh my god it was so bad it was like these like little anime figures in like this virtual hotel but people just used it to like but it was totally anonymous and I think that was what was really interesting was that was the time in the internet where you could kind of 
play around with sex and sexuality in a way that was much more anonymous because people didn't have an online presence. You didn't have, you, your face generally wasn't associated with what you were doing on the internet. Um, so I would like uh, read basically like kind of like fan, erotic fan fiction and like written erotica online a lot. And I would like go in chat rooms and sex people. And um, I remember working out that you could sort of like see these tiny like 10 minute previews of clips on porn sites. And they were these, in my head, they were these kind of like very old fashioned porn sites. I think there was one that was like about MILFs. And so it wasn't really about like what I wanted to see. It was definitely just like what I could find at the time. And I was kind of fascinated with it, but I always much preferred like reading porn than I ever did like watching the videos. And I think what's kind of interesting is like a lot of the stuff that was like written down was a lot more like kind of taboo and like dirtier or whatever than the stuff that you could even now like the stuff that you can watch in porn like the stuff that I was like reading when I was like discovering my sexuality and that kind of thing always felt like it was like way dirtier than that. Our guest today Vex Ashley started incorporating sex into her artwork as a student. It played into her spirit of experimentation. In fact art and sex has run through all of Vex's work. I was at art school um, and I was making work that wasn't really about sex um, but I always liked the idea of kind of like using my body in my artwork so I was kind of taking photographs of myself that were nude um, and like using my body as like a kind of sculptural like form or whatever um, and then I was kind of interested as to like whether or not um, kind of like getting naked on the internet would be something that would be like interesting kind of creatively um, but also just like I thought the idea was quite hot like I've always been a, a little bit of an exhibitionist like I've always been pretty kind of like comfortable and like experimental um, and I, I just like doing stuff that other people maybe wouldn't do um, so I started taking pictures uh, for kind of like a suicide girlsy old girl modeling website kind of thing called God's Girls I really enjoyed it like I liked kind of like the creative aspect of it as well and a lot of the girls on that site it sort of introduced me to this community of uh, people who like myself have maybe grown up on social media who would realise they could kind of capitalise off of sharing their image in that way so there were girls who were webcamming on there and I'd never really heard of or seen anyone camming before and I started doing that um, and loved that and I felt like um, I met a big group of people through that who were other models and that kind of thing and we really connected and um, I was kind of exposed to this big community of like people who were making kind of like uh, porn and sex work but what I felt like I wasn't necessarily seeing a massive amount of was people who were using porn as like a kind of creative medium like a, a vehicle for ideas or something like that it was very much like functional product as opposed to it being like what can we do with this like how can we play with this how can we like fuck with this in some way and so uh, me and my partner started to just like shoot little kind of uh, bullshit kind of videos and putting them on Vimeo of like we were kind of interested in making like porn music videos almost like so we'd pick like a piece of music and we'd shoot some kind of weird naked stuff with like writhing bodies and that kind of thing and then cut it to the music and we'd put that on social media sites like tumblr um and the response that we were getting from that was kind of really incredible um so we decided to kind of like 
see if we could shoot like for want of a better word like a real porn in that style and so that's kind of like I sort of it all started as a bit of an experiment um and like however many years maybe like five years later here I am <laughs> when she first started making porn our guest Vex worked with her partner though with Vex's partner was not actually in front of the camera all the time Vex wanted to try out new technology and new techniques making films but she was also challenging both herself and her partner, what they were comfortable with and what they weren't comfortable with. Me and my partner had made a video um, that was just of me and we'd got this like macro lens on the camera and we were kind of interested in the idea that like a lot of the porn you would see would be like shot from this like weird middle distance. So it would kind of, because you kind of want like the whole body and like the genitals and the face and like everything was kind of shot in this very like clinical middle distance kind of way and we were interested in like what it felt like if the camera was like super close like really uncomfortably close so we shot a video that was like a solo video that was just me and we were like that would be really cool to see what it would be like with another person like how would that work like but you have to get so close with this camera. Like, if you've ever used a macro lens, like, you have to be, like, basically sort of, like, almost like a hand's distance away from, like, what you're shooting. It can be really intense because, like, your camera's moving around and that kind of thing. So we decided that we wanted to try and do that with another person. And um, I had uh, met somebody online who was, like, a male porn performer that I'd sort of, like, been chatting with. And we were like, yeah, like, this guy is going to happen he seems like the, the right person for the job or whatever. Um, but I, at that point, like, I'd never, I hadn't, like, um, really, like, I'd never performed with anyone else really seriously before. And also, like, within our relationship, like, I'd never, I hadn't had sex with anyone else. Um, so it was kind of like, we thought we had it, like, we, we were like, yes, it's going to be great, it'll be really interesting. Um, and then when we actually, like, went to do it, it, uh, it was like way harder for my partner than like they were expecting at all. Like we flew to America and we went on this big holiday and we met up with this porn performer and he was kind of like super cool and he was very nice and we went for breakfast. And then we went back to his place and um, kind of got everything set up and we were like, right, let's go. Um, and I kind of like, I'm like, I'm going to do the best job that I can. So I'm like really into it and I'm trying really hard. Um, and I'm kind of like not really necessarily thinking about the camera in a direct directory point of view. We'd kind of worked out what we were doing beforehand. Um, but as, as soon as we stopped filming, it felt like it had gone super well for me. And I like turned to my partner and I was like kind of like smiling and being like, yeah, that's going to be really good. And I could just sort of like see in their face that they were just like, nope. Like they're... Um, actually sort of like the reality of like watching me have sex with somebody else especially from like that close filming it on like a macro lens and kind of having to watch it in that like intensity had like really hit them harder than they were necessarily prepared for so it's kind of interesting because then we had to like do all this like extra kind of like work with like us and our relationship and like what that meant for us and like what me shooting corner like what having sex with somebody else actually sort of really meant, I guess. It sort of like affected them emotionally way more than they were expecting, I think. Like, I think sometimes what's interesting about like human emotions, I think, is that sometimes you can logically kind of think you're gonna be okay with something and you can kind of unpick it as like a kind of functional thing. 
but then when it comes down to it, you're like visceral gut reaction is sometimes surprising to you. And I think what's really interesting is that actually like, that's like that kind of like panic, I think where you're not prepared for how something feels. And they since have, they took it really hard. But afterwards what they've done is they've taken that intensity of feeling and they've kind of like morphed it. They've like, so now like my partner finds it really hard to watch me have sex with other people, maybe because they felt so intensely about it like that first time that like they took all that intense feeling and they like turned it into something that was like a positive as opposed to a negative. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Never forget, porn is a performance. For our guest effects, she's tried to create a character. So what's a USP? I think that in general, my like online internet persona, I think I come across quite cold, like not necessarily cold, but I think that it comes across like I'm a little bit aloof and I'm like a bit mysterious or whatever. Um, and I quite like pretending to be like that in some capacity, but I'm not like that at all. Like I'm like, you can't shut me up. Like I'm just kind of goofy. And like, especially when... I'm on set like I don't try and kind of hide those parts about myself like I always want to kind of like try and have a good time on set like I want to try and sort of like I'd rather just be a nice person than be like an elite elitist kind of like snobby person or anything like that and because for the most part like I'm the director like I think it's really important for me to like be warm and like come across as like somebody who's like you know who uh, is easy to get along with and that kind of thing I think like in general my like internet persona makes me seem like a bit of an ice queen um and in some ways I like that because that's maybe not how I'm able to be in real life because I'm just kind of like a dork or whatever so it's kind of nice to like mess around with that but I think it's always really important to me as a director what we always do is like often like our films can be quite like conceptual and they can kind of seem a little bit like kind of fucking pretentious or whatever but at the end of it we always like include like a little bit of like outtakes kind of like do you ever watch like films in the 80s where they'd always have like a blooper reel at the end of like Jim Carrey kind of like fucking up or whatever and um, we always include like a little bit of like stuff that we filmed where we're like not performing necessarily like either we're like laughing or we're kind of like eating food afterwards or something like that because it breaks the unreality of it a little bit and it sort of like allows you as a viewer to sort of see that everything isn't necessarily that serious and everything isn't necessarily that contrived so that's been something that's important for me to kind of like break that mold I guess I think that like with the Four Chambers project like what we were really interested in doing was like playing with the aesthetics of 
porn and sex and how we could sort of like use sexuality to talk about other things and to kind of like reference other things and um so I just love anything like really fucking weird so I love like liquids like pouring stuff on people um we did we've done shoots with like eggs and fish and stuff like stuff for me like porn is most interesting when it's like a little bit gross but kind of think that sex is like kind of like half like transcendent like you know like orgasm or whatever and it's half kind of like just like dirty and like a little bit disgusting and I think sex isn't hot unless it's a little bit disgusting so I really like uh, making films that combine those two things like something being like really gorgeous and something being kind of grotesque as well. August Vex has been working in porn for over five years. Her website Four Chambers is a space to experiment and create an atmosphere, an ambiance. In comparison to the normal tube sites, it's in a totally different dimension. It's weird, like, I don't necessarily have a gaze in mind, but I have, like, an idea in that I think that what I think sometimes is a little bit, like, lacking from a lot of like the more traditional mainstream kind of porn that I was watching was this idea of like atmosphere so um sometimes if you watch like a sex scene on tv and if it's like a shit sex scene the way that it's kind of like lit and shot and like the kind of attention to the, the build-up of atmosphere can have quite a significant effect whereas sometimes in porn it's like you can hear like the squeaking of the bed and you can kind of like it's very flat sometimes. So what I was interested in doing was being like, how can I portray the atmosphere of sex as opposed to just like the graphic explicitness of it? So it was like put across this idea of like build up of like intensity or of like that you can't see everything all at once, that you are as a viewer like looking for what you want to see as opposed to just kind of instant gratification. And I think that's something that is really interesting to mess around with in porn because I think a lot of porn works on initial impact. It's like when you're like scrolling through a tube site or ever looking for it, it's like the description's always like four keywords that you always search for and then it's got to, you know, follow a certain formula because you you're like, cool, I wanna see the oral sex here and then I wanna see fucking from this position and fucking this position and I wanna see like, you know, this orgasm or whatever. And I think that actually if you deconstruct that formula, you can fuck around with it in a really interesting way. It doesn't necessarily have to do that or be that. Most of the experiences that Vex has had in porn have been positive. She enjoys the work, she feels fulfilled artistically, and she's open about it to her friends and family. But she's also had to deal with the world changing around her. And sex workers aren't always looked upon favourably. So SESTO uh, Foster is legislation that was brought in to, um, specifically in the US, but um, because it affects the internet, it's kind of, uh, its ripples have been felt worldwide. It basically makes companies responsible for the content that is hosted on their website. So it was previously, if you posted a tweet on Twitter, you as the person posting it was responsible for the content of it and not Twitter. But what Foster Sester does is specifically to say that if somebody is could be p- proven in court, suspected to be using a website to in some way solicit what they would consider to be sex trafficking, um, that the website itself can be sued. Basically, sex workers are being um, kind of deleted from online life. And I think what we can't ignore is the fact that 
so much of our life exists online as like a global community now and it's now kind of become totally legislated to just kind of like push these people into the shadows and push these people to the margins obviously like I'm not the person who is most affected by that legislation but what it has meant is that for example I was funding my project on a website called Patreon post Foster Sesta and post them getting some massive investment from an outside company they basically cleared house so I the way I was funding my project before um I was kind of I they gave me a call and said that basically like that we can't use that site anymore so I basically lost all of my income in uh the space of like 24 hours one thing that like pre I definitely learned from porn but I feel like everyone could learn from porn is that actually like about how to talk and communicate about sex because like on a porn set you basically turn up and you will have a conversation with somebody before you shoot a scene being like hey uh today i am super down to do this this and this i don't really like it when somebody does it like this but if you could do it like this that would be really great uh, if you're going to do this then you know don't uh spit in my face maybe spit on my tits like there's a lot more specifics about like what somebody's into than i think a lot of like especially within kind of like day-to-day heteronormative kind of society we don't have those conversations about sex in the, in such an upfront way um, and I'm a people pleaser and I think that um, I spent a bunch of time not talking about what, what I wanted in bed and like not talking about how sex was for me and doing porn really forced me to kind of confront that and um, I definitely like my relationship with my partner um, is so much better for like having to have difficult conversations about that kind of stuff like having to work through things like that because actually like it means that you kind of become more like vulnerable emotionally in a way that you maybe didn't have to before and that's really good because if you can kind of work through that with somebody and like having a conversation about you know you fucking somebody else for work for anything uh, means that you know you've got to talk about some difficult shit and I think not a lot of people have to do that and I think what's interesting is like doing something that exists on the margins of stuff it really makes you confront a lot of what you are kind of dictated to by society about what is acceptable and not acceptable. Our guest today Vex is an advocate for good pornography. She enjoys filming it, starring in it, building a business and though it has its challenges it sounds like she has a pretty good thing going on. Don't forget though it is a job And when things become nine to five, they can sometimes lose their appeal. Like any other gig, working in porn has its boring moments. It's funny because people send me emails sometimes being like, hi, I want to come and like make a documentary about you, like being a porn director and stuff. And I'm like, well, I hope you enjoy watching me sitting in my like dirty stained pajamas, like editing on the computer for 12 hours a day while like my cats just like mill around me. I'm like... The biggest portion of it is just like just the grunt work like we do everything ourselves like everything's in-house so it's like all the editing all of the computer stuff like everything is sort of like just done by me basically so it's not like the super like glamorous there's actually for the most part within like porn now it's often just like diy independent people who are just kind of producing everything themselves and the kind of ubiquity of uh, big business porn is very much being like decentralized and kind of challenged by uh, like the different now there's lots of different avenues to make porn and like a lot of people are like kind of amateurs doing it for themselves which I think is really good and really interesting. 
the, I think the idea of what being a porn performer means and what the reality of it is, like, even on a big set, it's like, there's a bunch of waiting around. You probably aren't even going to get to fuck, you know, and until, like, the end of the day, you're probably going to be tired. You have to, like, you know, you have to shoot... You hold your body in this position for a bit and then you have to like twist it around and in this position and then you've got to sign paperwork and you've got to it's the labor of porn performance is something that we don't often necessarily kind of like talk about honestly because I feel like it breaks the mystique to some capacity but I think there's a lot more conversation about it nowadays a little bit where people are kind of trying to address that in some way Thanks for listening to My First Time, a mostly sexy sex podcast from Broadly. And thank you very much to our guest, Vex Ashley. My name is Zing Sing, and I'm the UK editor at Broadly. This episode was produced by Sam Bonham. If you like what you hear, share the love, rate us and subscribe to the podcast. And please check out the article on Broadly featuring Vex. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.